Welcome to the men's global live stream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold two spots, one in Colossians chapter three and the other in Romans chapter six. If you're joining us for the first time, we're in a Bible study called Fully Defined. Now, the concept is simple. Every man listening to this video podcast or watching the global live stream right now has had defining moments in their lives. What do I mean? It means you experience something or make a decision that fundamentally changes the trajectory of your life, right? And those defining moments can be positive or negative. You know, you can meet a girl, you can get engaged, you can graduate college, you can lose a job, you can suffer a divorce. So defining moments are just choices and moments in your life that really change the arc of where your life is going, how you look at yourself, where you put your energy, right? And the Bible says that of all the defining moments that you can have that change the arc, that change your life, that change the way you see yourself, the strongest defining moment a man can have is when he chooses to begin and eternally continue a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, right? Why? Because it changes his identity, how he answers the question, who am I? And whatever commands your identity commands your energy, right? There's a way to be, there's a way to believe, there's a way to behave in a certain identity as a man of God. And then what that manifests in is a new expression, listen, in every dimension, in every space of your life, in every place where you are. And in part one, we talked about God's ultimate intention in terms of fully defining us, and that is the process of being made like Christ. We've been given the gift of salvation through our faith in Christ, his person and work. We have received the gift of Holy Spirit implantation in our life. Well, what's, what's the mission of God's Spirit in our lives? It's to make us like Christ, and that is the first thing we need to know when it comes to how our relationship with God fully defines us, right? In part two, we began to connect life with God and life in God to the physical experience of Jesus Christ. Jesus lived a life. Jesus died a death. Jesus came alive again on earth. Jesus is seated now at the right hand of the Father in power with full access and authority, right? And then Jesus is coming again in glory. Those are and those will be our spiritual experience. In part two, we talked about how Jesus died for sin and the man of God dies to sin, right? We put sin to death, right? Just as Jesus was put to death. And we see how our spiritual process mirrors his spiritual experience, right? There's a process, there's a mindset, there's a lifestyle that is related to putting sin to death. Why? Because we are crucified with Christ. In part three, we're gonna to move to the next part of our relationship with Jesus and how that fully defines us and talk about what it means to come alive again here on earth, just as Jesus came alive again here on earth. So here's where we're headed. First, we're gonna see how life in God is more than just a no, to sin, boy, life would be a bummer if it was just no, 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 no. Life in Christ, as he fully defines us, is more than just a no to sin. Because we have to understand that a no to sin, at the same time, is now a yes to God, right? The old ways do go, 
but the new ways take their place. And then second, we want to talk about what it means to come alive in God. You see, it's a theme in the scripture of putting away one way of doing life, one way of thinking, one way of living, and putting on a new way of thinking and living. And this is important because it goes to how you think about yourself and your life with God and in God. Talks about it in Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. I'm going to read that for us. Read along with me if you have the downloaded notes. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've been stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom-made by the Creator with His label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free, mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. Now, what I love about this passage in the Bible is it, it sort of gives us a metaphor that we can all understand, right? When you wake up in the morning, most of us, at least, go to a closet, right? Or we go to a drawer in the room, and we have a wardrobe, right, that we put on. And what the Bible is saying is that when a man decides to follow Christ, his wardrobe, right, his new life, he has a choice to choose the way he used to get dressed in his life, and now he has a new way, a new wardrobe closet, and that's what I want to talk about. The Bible says we have a new wardrobe, and I love these words. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the Creator with His label on it, right? So the Bible says we're crucified with Christ, but it also says we're resurrected in Christ. What does that mean? That we're saying no to sin, but we're saying yes to God, and we're figuring out out of this new wardrobe closet of choices, what our yeses are, and we're putting on this new set of clothes in Christ. From now on, the Bible says, everyone is defined by Christ and everyone's included in Christ. So let's look at our new wardrobe. Number one, we get a new wardrobe of words. We have a new wardrobe of words. I remember becoming a believer and realizing that, okay, now the words that come out of my mouth matter more because I'm in God and I'm with God and God is in me and present everywhere. So we get a new wardrobe of words, right? We don't use words the same. We're not going to use words to tear down, be harsh. We're going to try to use more words to build up, be kind, show love, give wisdom. We get a new wardrobe of words coming from the Bible. Secondly, we get a new wardrobe of ways. Say, what kind of ways? Well, there's a way to be as a follower of Christ. There is a way to believe, right? There's truth that we take in, truth from God's word that we take in and we believe. And those beliefs now begin to shape our behaviors because behaviors are always a reflection of our beliefs, right? So there's a new wardrobe of words, a new wardrobe of ways, a new wardrobe of beliefs, write that down, okay? And then third, and then fourth, a new wardrobe of behaviors. 
So I just, boom, 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 boom. I went through them all, right? So it's just a new you. You got a new wardrobe of words, a new wardrobe of ways, a new wardrobe of beliefs. It's all rooted in God's word. And those beliefs are shaping our behaviors. And the, the problem many times for us is because we live in a culture that's, let's just call it a consumer culture, where we kind of pick and choose and then we blend, you know, our lifestyle into sort of this, uh, this, this, this chemical mix of who we are. Uh, we try to do the same thing with God. We try to blend old words with new beliefs. We try to blend new beliefs with old ways. And if you're trying to do that, it's a huge disconnect for Jesus. He calls us to a new life. You're born again, and it's a whole new process, right? And, it, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with the old you, right? And so a message to the blenders from Jesus would be what, well, it would be like what he says in Luke 6, 46. He says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So do you see how there's an identity, right? Lord, Lord, we're, we're followers. Jesus is God, Jesus is Lord, we're, we're Christians. But then there's the activity, and the activity doesn't connect with the identity, okay? I think all of us can relate to that. It's not overnight, but it is a strong process that we are told here to pursue. Our identity is supposed to define where our energy and activity goes. And if Jesus doesn't see that happening, then it's a disconnect for him. And so he does with us what he did with potential followers back then. He's like, well, why do you call me Lord, Lord, capital L, but then you don't do what I say. There's no, there's no new words, no new ways, no new beliefs, no new behaviors, right? Um, in fact, the Bible, in the book of Revelation talks about types of Christians um, in the book of Revelation. And we see one of those descriptions in Revelation chapter three. And uh, it's another message to those who think, well, I can just kind of blend my old life with my new life, you know, worldly ways with, with godly ways. Um, let the Bible speak to you and to us, remind us right now. It says this, write to, the, to Laodicea, to the angel of the church, God's yes, the faithful and accurate witness. Witness The first of God's creation says, I know you inside and out and find little to my liking. You're not cold. You're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot. You're stale. You're stagnant. You want to make me vomit. You brag, I'm rich. I've got it made. I need nothing from anyone oblivious that in fact you're a pitiful blind beggar threadbare and homeless here's what i want you to do buy your gold from me gold that's been through the refiner's fire then you'll be rich buy your clothes from me there's that metaphor clothes designed in heaven you've gone around half naked long enough and buy medicine for your eyes from me so you can see really see the people i love I call to account, prod and correct and guide so that they'll live at their best. Up on your feet then, about face, run after 
God. Wow. If, if that's not a picture of, hey, everything changes, you can't blend, run hard after God, I don't know what is. But relationship with God should drive everything. You're not your own creation, right? And that's what the scripture says. So if you're trying to, to blend your old life with your new life and kind of mix in a little, a little relationship with God with a little relationship with the world and do what guys do really well, which is compartmentalize, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work, number one. You're never gonna experience the fullness of God and here God's saying, hey, just value, value this new life, value me, value this relationship, buy your gold from me, right? Come to me, that's where the value is, then you'll be rich. And then, and then he says, buy your clothes from me. How you accessorize your life, right? I'm your guy, right? In every dimension, in every space and place, come to me and you know, get a new filter, get, get medicine from me, truths, that will change the way you see yourself, see other people, see your purpose, right? Get medicine from me, and the medicine of God is his truths, because the truest thing about anything is what God says is true, right? So I love this, this foundation that we're laying because, yes, God wants us to become like Christ. What does that mean? His physical experience becomes our spiritual process. What does that look like? Well, part two, we're crucified with Christ, right? He dies for sin, we die to sin. We're also, the Bible says, resurrected with Christ. And that's where we're now gonna look at where it says that in the scripture and what it means, just like Jesus, to come alive again to God here on earth like he did. Right? And we find that in Romans chapter 6. We're going to put these verses on your screen and then we're going to dive into it. The Bible says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you may obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather, Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought, listen, from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an interest, instrument of righteousness. Wow. So what we see there is the picture of baptism or full identification. So if, if you have a t-shirt and it's white and you have a bucket of colored dye and you dip that t-shirt into the colored dye, it goes in white, but after fully identifying with the color, it comes out purple or red, right? That's the picture of baptism spiritually into Christ. This is what we're talking about. 
We make a decision to receive Christ into our lives and fully define ourselves in him. And then when we come out of that decision and start living this new life, we're a totally redefined man. And so what we want to talk about now is not just that we're crucified with Christ, he dies for sin, we die to sin. We're going to talk about how we are resurrected with Christ because he came alive, the Bible says, to God here on earth. And then we saw in that scripture passage, so in the same way, trying to build a bridge to, to our thinking, okay, in the same way that he came alive to God on earth, so will we. What does it look like? All right, so let's look at four simple ways that we come alive to God here on earth. And the first way is we come alive to the word of God. And we hear Jesus in many places talk about the word of God, but I, I, I chose this passage from Matthew 4, 4, where he is actually rebuking Satan for trying to get him to be dead to the word of God, tempting him, right, not to live out God's word. And listen to Jesus's words. Jesus answered Satan by quoting Deuteronomy, quote, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. If you have the downloaded notes, I really want you to circle a steady stream, right? I remember becoming a Christian, and I remember my brother giving me a Bible, and I remember that's when the steady stream of God's Word came alive to me. I remember trying to read the Bible before I was a Christian. God's Spirit had not been implanted in me because I hadn't really made a decision yet. But once I said yes to the person and work of Christ and received it for myself in my life, the Holy Spirit comes in, man, the steady stream started to follow. What does a steady stream look like, right? Of God, of words coming from God's mouth. It means that we reflect daily in God's word, right? Steady stream. It means we receive personally. We let it wash into our minds, into our thoughts, we process it, we digest it, we take it in, right? We reflect daily, we receive personally, and then here's, here's where God's word comes fully alive. Step three, we respond practically, right? So we receive God's word, we receive revelation from God. What's the purpose of revelation? Always. Application, you know, if you want to Make a note out in the margin, just write Matthew 7, 24 to 27, right? Whoever, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, right? It's like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Fellas, we need a firm foundation. What's the firm foundation as new Christians, right? And ongoing, right? We come alive to God's word. We reflect daily. We receive personally. We resp respond practically. It's like... God's word, uh, at least in a food sense, is daily bread, right? God's word is like oxygen uh, for a new life in God, a resurrected life in God. And when we make God's word, right, like oxygen, we can't live out this life in Christ without God's word. It, it, does, it does a certain thing, right? It convicts us. We read about that in Hebrews chapter 4. It says this, God means what he says. 
what he says goes. His powerful word, sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one can resist God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. Guys, if you want the bottom line on everything, right? If you want confidence <laughs> in the bottom line, because we love to ask for the bottom line, right guys? We just, we want, we want the straight poop. We just give it to us straight, right? You gotta come alive to God's word, all right? Number two, we come alive to the spirit of God. We come alive to the word of God and we come alive to the spirit of God, right? Remember in part one, this is really important, where we were talking about at salvation, we get the gift of salvation, right? We believe in the person and work of Christ, we get the gift of salvation. Then we get Holy Spirit implantation. God puts the spirit of Christ inside of us, talks about how it's real practical and why the spirit of Christ is downloaded into, into our lives to run, I guess you could call it the Jesus application. Talks about this in Ephesians 5. Says this, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to your, uh, among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the context of this passage is, okay, believer, okay, man of God, gotta be careful how you live, all right? Don't live foolishly, live wisely. Don't act thoughtlessly. Gotta understand what the will of God is. Well, what's that? Don't be drunk with wine or don't let any other thing control your mind, your heart, your soul. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life, right? Don't let the controlling agent of your life be some spirit, little s, right? Instead, and I love this language, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The tense in Ephesians 5 of be filled, it's the translation literally means keep being being filled. It's the present active indicative, so it's a... It's a command, it's an imperative, present, active, indicative. So it's like, be filled and keep being, being filled with the Holy Spirit, which means it's an ongoing process and let that take over control of your body. All of us have seen a dude who's maybe had a little too much to drink, seen a person who's had a little too much to drink. That spirit, little s, now is controlling their words, their ways, what they're saying, um, and it's ruining them right? I love how Paul is so smart. He's just like, all right, you've seen that in real life. Something gets inside a person, a controlling agent, it takes over. Same thing with the Holy Spirit that gets planted in you. And that's something we want to take over, right? Holy Spirit gets inside, it takes control, and all of a sudden, stuff's coming out of your mouth, songs, you're giving thanks, you have an appreciation in God, it just takes control. 
right? So it's important that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a command right there. We have it on our notes and in our Bible and controlled by the Holy Spirit because the, the purpose of filling, loading up on, on a spirit is control. We're giving control over to an unhealthy spirit, little s, or we're giving control over to the Holy Spirit, capital S, right? And then that takes over and begins to alert us and prompt us and lead us, all right? And that, that communication, that, that sensitivity, it's not complicated. I can even just demystify it for you if you're wondering, gosh, I wonder what being filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit looks like. When you get a thought in your brain that directs you to do something, that would show love for God, love for people, that's the Holy Spirit. And that's the discipline of walking in the Spirit, is when those thoughts come in to our brains, and it's a thought that will help us show love for God directly or indirectly, show love for people directly or indirectly, that's the Holy Spirit, because that's the great commandment, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So just, guys, let's demystify listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always affirms the words of Jesus and the word of God, okay? So if you get that thought that affirms the words of Jesus, the commands of Jesus, right? The promises of Jesus, the truths of Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit of Christ, all right? And we have to discipline ourselves to get into that rhythm of partnership. It talks about that in Galatians 5.25, says this, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading, listen, in every part of our lives, right? So that's fully defined. The Holy Spirit directing us in every part of our lives, that means that our lives are gonna be fully defined by Him. And that's what God wants. That's the life God wants us to live. So if you're a new Christian, that's definitely a process that you're beginning. And it's just so awesome because the direction is so clear. Just be like Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says. Learn the ways of Jesus. Do the ways of Jesus. Come on. Now, there are some of you who are even watching this study right now. And you know who you are. You've been walking with the Lord for a while, right? And God is saying to you, hey... This is for you too, right? If you're, if you're gonna be living by the Spirit, and the assumption is, in the, in the text, is since we are living by the Spirit, the assumption for the believer is that they're listening to the Spirit, right? They're walking in partnership with the Spirit and following the Spirit's leading. Until the day your heart stops and you go to Jesus, we are living by the Spirit and we are following the Spirit's leading. Question, are you living by the Spirit? And are you following the Spirit's leading in your life right now? You see, the measure of a man of God who is filled with the Spirit of God is not what happened yesterday, right? It's are you being led by the Spirit right now? Are you listening to the Spirit right now? And are you following the leading of the Holy Spirit right now? And that leading will point you in the direction of doing what shows love for God and love for people as defined 
by God's word. The third way that God's man comes alive, right, is I come alive to the presence of God, right? Talks about this in Psalm 56. I want to read that. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. You see the compare and contrast, right? Where we're in a we're in a place of death, right? Without Christ, spiritual death, spiritual separation from God. God rescues us, right? Saves us through Christ. And now we have a new walk, right? And that walk involves practicing his presence and living in his light, right? Which is a presence, right? We know when there's the presence of light and the presence of darkness. Now we've been transferred into the presence of light. To do what? To walk in it, right? To practice um, his presence. See, I think you can all understand this, talking about the power of presence. Remember when you were, were kids and you're, 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 you're horsing around, you're playing around, maybe doing something you're not supposed to be doing, and then the dad walks in, right? What happens with the power of his presence? All of a sudden, you're just like, oh, hey, you know, and you kind of clean up your act, so to speak. Why? Because authority has just walked into the room. The father has just walked into the room. Now, remember that for what I'm about to say now, because it's it, it convicts me. And it's this, men of God do in front of God what they would never do, think, or say in front of people. What do I mean by that? I mean that the Bible says that everything is naked and laid bare before the eyes of God. So, you know, closing a door doesn't shut God out. Closing your eyes doesn't shut God out. Finding a place to hide, to do secret sin, doesn't shut God out. God's everywhere. God sees everything. Everything is naked and laid bare before the eyes of God. And so when I say men will do in front of God, because he sees everything, what they would never do in front of people, right? Is, is something that we have to consider. Why? Because we're not practicing the reality of the presence of God. So some of us just need to hear that. You know, the flesh and the devil like to lie to us so that the, the flesh can be indulged and the devil can accomplish death in your life. Like, you're all by yourself. You're alone. You're not hurting anybody. No one can see this baloney from the Greek word baloney right? The Bible says God's everywhere. God is present. I remember becoming a Christian and now having this sense of God's presence everywhere. And it's got that whole dynamic of the father's in the house, right? It's not like, you know, if I close a door, God doesn't see me. Or if I park a car somewhere, or if I hide behind a tree, somehow whatever it is I'm doing behind those things won't be seen. No. God sees everything. And you know what? There's a fearful side of that fact, and there's a healthy side of that fact. I choose to look at it in a healthy way. Man, I'm glad that God can see everything. I'm glad I'm accountable for how I steward my days and my moments and my life. And that one day, you know, when my heart stops, I'm going to stand in the presence of God. 
face to face. And that healthy accountability drives my obedience in the present, helps me come alive to God. It's not a burden. It's a privilege to be in the family of God, and there's a responsibility connected to my identity in God. So that's the third thing. We come alive to the Word of God. We come alive to the Spirit of God. We come alive to the presence of God. And then fourth and last, we come alive to the people of God, right? I remember becoming a Christian and just going, whoa, I got a team. I got a team of people. I have this identity, and I have this identity, not in a vacuum, I have this identity in a community, right? And I'm coming alive to it. It's helping me read God's word more. It's helping me worship the Lord more. I'm, I'm, I'm bumping into people who are a little bit further ahead than where I am, and I can learn their wisdom, and they can counsel me and point me to where God talks about that um, in the word. So I come alive to the people of God, and I hope you hear this clearly. That's exactly why every man exists, because we say this a lot in, in, in our ministry. Isolation kills and connection conquers. You always do better when you're practicing identity in community versus identity in a vacuum, right? Because identity in community always leads to bravery, right? Growth, health in that community. Talks about that in Hebrews chapter 10. Says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we see identity, right? This is for Christians. We see community, like right? don't give it up. Don't stop meeting because that's where you receive encouragement and sharpening. And then we see urgency. And sometimes we overlook that fact that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We have limited time, an unknown ending, and a scheduled meeting with God. And that should provide us with a certain sense of urgency. Jesus said, as long as it is day, we must work the works of him who sent us, for night is coming when no man can work. That's the spirit of this passage, right? It's like, hey, believer, if you wanna hold on to the hope, right? You gotta come alive to the people of God. And those people of God are gonna encourage you, they're gonna spur you on, they're gonna, they're gonna make you better. And those are the things you wanna be doing before either you go to God or God comes for you, right? And I think some of us need to hear that because you've been like, you're the Lone Ranger dude, right? right? Every, you know, no man is an island, you might've heard. Uh, definitely not from the Bible. So. If you're not connected into an everyman group or a group of men, that's why we do this live stream. Man, you can, you can do a Zoom call, you can teach the study, you can get together, you can get together in the backyard, a community center, you know, a house, you can invite the guys over for a barbecue, have a night, nighttime Bible study. In fact, I just believe right then we got hundreds of men who are ready to turn on that barbecue and do the barbecue Bible study for guys. All right, call it that, I don't know. But I think that's a word that we need to see. We come alive to the word of God, right? Because Jesus came alive again on earth to God. We come alive to the spirit of God. Why? Because Jesus came alive to God. We come alive to the presence of God. We start practicing Jesus's presence. And then we come alive to the people of God, right? Talks about this in Galatians chapter six, 
verses 9 through 11. It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You know, I don't think it's a stretch to say that most men love family. Man, you like being with people who see you, who love you, who know you, who appreciate you. Can I just tell you something? Christian man, your brother in Christ needs you to see him. Your brother in Christ needs you to know him, right? Through time and talk. And your Christian brother needs you to appreciate him, right? That is central uh, to the heart of every human being and especially men, because if they don't get that, if they don't get that connection with other men of God, um, then they're going to look somewhere else. They're going to start blending uh, old things. They're going to feel lonely. They're going to go, man, they just become vulnerable to the old way of life, right? And the Bible, as we've seen, it calls us out of that because we're becoming like Christ. We're crucified with Christ. He dies for sin, we die to sin. We're resurrected with Christ. Jesus came alive again on earth to God's purposes. We are now coming alive, so it's a no to sin, but it's a yes to God. And we can't do that unless we come alive to his word, the spirit of God in our lives and partnership, the presence of God and practicing it, and then the people of God. So those are four easy ways that you can come alive to God. Think about those. How's that going? All right, and then seek to apply. Maybe where, all right, maybe I haven't been connected. Maybe I haven't been practicing God's presence. Maybe I gotta really work on this partnership thing with the Holy Spirit. Go back and watch the study. And maybe I need to reflect more daily, receive more personally, and respond more practically to God's word. So there's your word for today. Um, I just want to give a little report. Our event in Austin was insane. It was so great. Thank you for praying. I want to publicly thank Brandon Link. I want to publicly thank Mac Brock. I want to publicly thank Chris Kilala, right? I want to publicly thank Chris Davenport. I want to publicly thank Josh Norwood, the worship team. I want to thank Anthony Dever, the executive director of this ministry, and his team, of engineers and production people because we had a couple of thousand guys in Austin and you could keep praying for them because now they're in a dangerous good study right now. And on October 8th, they're gonna go serve the city of Austin in groups of five and six. So you can be, be praying for that. But right now, I'm gonna pray for you, all right? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this time in your word. Thank you that you fully define us. Jesus, your life defines us. Your death defines us. Your resurrection defines us. You came alive to God on earth. And so, Lord, I pray and declare over every man that's listening to this, God, that he come alive right now. Lord, that he begins to say yes. Yes to you, Jesus. Yes to your word. Yes to the Holy Spirit. Yes to your presence. And yes to the people of God. Lord, I seal this time and I seal the decisions that were made just now in faith in the name of the living God, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. God bless you.